Hey guys, David here and welcome to the FitPro Daily. A new week means a brand new topic. And this week we're going to look at content creation when it comes to social media. And I thought there was no better way to start this week off than inviting Jonathan Goodman on, share his experience and his knowledge on his Instagram growth. If you haven't been following along, he's really rapidly grown his Instagram following and he's going to give us some great insights into how he's doing and the things that he's seen that's working right now. Anyway, before I do dive into today's guest interview, if you haven't already joined us inside our free Facebook group, head over to Facebook, search for FitPro Lead Gen with Dave, request to join and get access to even more guides, downloads, guest interviews, and so much more when it comes to Lead Gen. Anyway, let's dive into this week's guest interview. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the FitPro Daily Show. I am at home today, and a little bit different. Jonathan is not in the US anymore. Jonathan, are you? Where are you based? I am now? in the US. Yeah, I am. Oh, you US. are based in the US. I'm well. I'm from Canada, uh, but I'm in the US right now. <laughs> oh, Did I see you've been traveling down south in South America or something? I was in Mexico for three, three and a half months. Yeah, and nice. now we're in Arizona. Uh, my parents are here for the winter. Okay. And so Allison and I and, and, you know, my wife, and we decided that we wanted to be close to my parents for a little bit of time. And so we decided to come here. Um, I just, to me, family is everything. So, you know, we go to Mexico every winter and, and my mother-in-law comes with us to Mexico and she actually bought a place there. Wow, okay. uh, so she's still there. She bought a place this year. And so we're, we're able to be with her for the first couple months of the winter and then around my parents for the, for the rest of it. Yeah, and I'm guessing the weather in Arizona right now is a lot better than it is in here in Wales and UK, where it's cold, it's wet, it's miserable. I have no idea what the weather's like there. Yeah, I mean, it's way better than it is in Toronto, uh, <laughs> where it's it's snow up to your knees for sure. But uh, you know what, man? Um, absolutely. I like to be able to get out in the warm as much as I possibly can. But more than anything else, being able to be outside year-round, being able to be in the sun year-round, just in terms of health at the end of the day i think a lot about i think a lot about where i'm spending my money and where i'm spending my time and a lot of the decisions i make are not necessarily profit maximization i mean i could make more money if i stayed in an office in toronto and set up a studio and whatever it is yeah. but uh you know i want to be around for a long time i want to be feeling good for a long time and so being able to be where the sun is all year round is that i want to be able to be around family as much as possible so allison and i could live anywhere in the world we have as you know, we've spent four to six months abroad every year for the last nine years. And, you know, I could live in Hawaii. I've lived in Hawaii three times already. But when we decided to buy a house, we bought a house less than a 10-minute walk from both my sister and my parents uh, in Toronto because I want to be close to them. Yeah, yeah. And so, I'm... again, it's not a it, – it's it's just a matter of, like, you can't have everything. You can't optimize everything. So what are you going to optimize for? What and You know, I've made decisions based off of what I want to optimize for, which is not primarily – financially motivated um you know which i'm fortunate to be able to make that decision and that's almost like a perfect intro to kind of what we're going to talk about today which is a little bit about instagram a little bit about content but also actually creating a content that's more specific to you so tell mm -hmm. us a little bit more about the instagram side of things quickly then so you technically weren't on instagram about a year ago and then you've come on and you've suddenly almost like taken over well i mean <laughs> Instagram's a deep, dark pit of despair. Um, I think I think social media, uh, I mean, I wrote a book about social media in 2013, right, called Vironomics. And, um, and so 
at that time when I wrote that book, I had read every single study that ever existed on the psychology of message transduction online, on commu computer-mediated communication, on what why people use social media, right, physiologically, psychologically. And so everything that's coming out now with Black Mirror and, and the social network and all of these documentaries and like kind of told you that shit in 2013, right? It's it, it, it and so I've been very careful with my usage all along. Um and uh and particularly with Instagram, which I think by all accounts is um a net negative for uh society. That said, it can be a very important tool as well for, for growing your business as long as you use it well. So I decided um I decided about two months ago that I was going to sort of pay attention to it. And that goes along with, uh, I just, I just decided for a whole bunch of reasons I'm happy to get into that my personal brand, the Jonathan Goodman name, not the personal trainer development center name, not any of the products or services that we offer. My personal name is the most important thing that I can build. And it's basically the only thing that I'm going to spend any time on and money to the point where I terminated almost all of my staff, uh, my entire senior staff, almost all the rest of my staff. And I started building a media team around Jonathan Goodman. And you know what's happened? Our sales have gone through the roof. No advertising, right? We're not producing, we're not publishing other people on the website. We're not doing any of the stuff that I've done for the last decade. It's just been Okay, Jonathan Goodman's kind of personal name. And so part of that is Instagram. Part of that is building my name up on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that it was dead. I mean, I had an account which had about 20,000 followers. Because like, here's, here's the shit that nobody tells you about Instagram and social media is that um, if, if you're trying to create content to build a following on social media from basically nothing with no career capital, with no real assets to your name, with no real relationships in the industry or anything like that, you're going to have a hell of a time because you haven't done anything worth noting yet. If you have something that's really interesting outside of it, well, then building just following just kind of builds by itself. So you know, the PTDC Instagram page is 75,000 followers. It's a pretty shit page. But it's a great website and we have incredible products that have changed a lot of people's lives for the better. So people come and find our Instagram. And so I had, you know, I had an account through all of the books and stuff that I've been writing where people have been looking for me that had about 20,000, 20, I think it was 21.2 thousand followers. I got to look back at when I started this, but it was dead. I mean, if I'd get maybe 50 likes on a post, one to two comments, you know? And uh, yeah, I mean, for the last two months or so, I'll probably crack 40,000 followers today, but um, it's just, it's it's been growing because I've been, again, focusing on it. It's, it's, it's the primary thing that I'm doing hmm. right now. Um, and it's a part of the process. And, and I think that's perhaps the, the important lesson is I made a decision that, uh, basically stage one of this, I'm going to, I appeared on 70 podcasts, anybody's podcast, right? These were not big shows. This was like anybody in our community, even people who were just starting a podcast, I appeared on it. Most of them, I mean, maybe five people listened to it. It didn't matter, right? Because I was trying to 
get to know the podcaster, the host better. And at the same time, I started just studying Instagram again. I started connecting again with people who are on that network. We have a spreadsheet that we call a dream connections list. It's got 400 names on it now of people who are active on that platform. They might be influential in other places. They might not be. The point is that's the platform that I want to do well on. So the people who are doing well on that platform are people I want to connect with. And then systematically, every single day, we're doing things to connect with some of these people one-on-one, on-one-on-one, on-one, sharing content, doing collaborations with them, celebrating them publicly if I don't know them yet as a way to make a first meeting. I mean, all of these types of things. And, uh, and yeah, and so that's, that's where I'm at now. And then testing content, right? What works, what doesn't work, what gets a response, what doesn't get a response. Okay. Do more of the shit that gets a good response. Well, now I'm at the point where the following has grown and, and, and the, 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 the post reach and stuff has grown. Okay, cool. Well, now I'm kind of going into phase two, which is, it's not so much about growth anymore. Like at this point, I've got a launching pad for anything that I want to do. Well, I don't really care if I have more numbers. Something that I put out, like we're coming out with software, right? I think you just came out with software too, right? Something that I can So we're coming out with software. It's like, if I have 40,000 engaged followers on Instagram, for example, even 20,000 engaged followers, if it works with 20,000, it'll work with 100,000. If it doesn't work with 20,000, it's not going to work with 100. And so at a certain point in time, it'll flip again. What's my primary goal? Well, my primary goal is to go deeper and to actually build great things, great stuff, and worry less about building an audience because the best way to build an audience is just to do good shit in the world. But you need a launching pad for that. It's really interesting here the way you're talking about the way you've kind of built these networks and collaborated and communicated with others. It's basically what you would do without the internet to get yourself known in the local community. You would go to networking meetings. You would go to where your target audience or people that you wanted to connect with hang out. You would start those conversations. And like one of the yeah. big things there, you connect with bigger influencers or people that you wanted to be associated or connected to, having a comment on their profile, liking a few of their stuff, letting them know who you are, and then building that relationship from there. So like, it's the stuff most people do day in, day out within their local community, just doing it online, which... I mean, I'm, I'm of the opinion that most trainers, almost everybody who works in the fitness industry, if your goal is to get clients you should ignore social media to the, to the, to the point where I think it is such a grossly inefficient way to achieve your goal of getting a few more clients that you should literally just ignore it and focus locally. Even if you're an online trainer, I mean, you know me, I've helped tens of thousands of online trainers. I've sold 65,000 plus educational items to online trainers already. And I'm telling you right now, the majority of people that we work with, even online trainers, never work with a client outside of their city. Because why would you? It doesn't matter if, if it's a happy accident and it happens, great. But just because you're a trainer in Leeds in the UK doesn't mean that you have to train somebody in Ethiopia. 200 pounds is 200 pounds is 200 pounds whether that person is a block away from you or whether that person is in Ethiopia. 
And it's going to be a hell of a lot easier to get 200 pounds from somebody a block away from you than it is to get it from that person in Ethiopia. And I got news for you. There are more than enough people who live close to you who need and want what you have if you could just connect with them and build a reputation locally. Now, if you have online or hybrid services, you're going to be able to offer them a really good service that works for you and that works for them better than many other services that exist. But it doesn't mean that you need to build up a platform. I mean, you got to, I guess what this all comes down to, David, is like, you got to know what game you're playing, right? What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build a large international personal brand. The actions that I'm taking, I basically said, I mean, I've spent 17 years in this industry, 10 years in online fitness, made millions of dollars, did all this shit, right? I'm basically saying now at 36 years old, I've decided that I'm effectively um, shutting down my company's active growth to commit a minimum of a year of time where I'm not going to push forward any sales messages in order to grow my post. I'm making a bet on my future. I don't expect to really reap any serious dividends from what I'm doing for the next two to three years. And if you are looking to become a content creator, an influencer, right? You got four to six years before you're making any real noise. Totally fine. Don't think that shit's going to get you clients tomorrow. And so don't follow, you know, if you're sitting here and you're like, I need a few more clients for my gym or I need a few more clients for my personal practice. Don't copy what I'm doing. I'm playing a different game than you. My goals are different than you. doesn't mean that what I'm doing is right or wrong. I mean, I don't know. Ask me in four years whether it worked. But like that to me is the biggest problem that I see these days in our industry is following people who may or may not know what they're doing first off. But, but even if they do, and even if they have desired output or goals, like what is their desired output? Does it align with what you want? I think about investing as a, as a parallel to this a lot, just because I'm interested in wealth generation and stuff. It's like, I'm a long-term value investor. I get too much shit to do than monitor day-to-day -day fluctuations in the cryptocurrency markets. And I also admit my ignorance. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I know there's a lot of manipulation all over the place. I know that everybody's shilling their own thing and some of them might be right and some of them not, but I don't have, it, it's so far down the list of things I want to pay attention to, but I believe in the fundamental value of decentralized currency. I bought a whole bunch of Bitcoin and I'm just saying, I don't care what it does crash today. Who gives a shit? It's locked away in safety deposit boxes in Toronto. I couldn't sell it or trade it if I wanted to right now. I'd have to fly home and access multiple banks. And so who am I going to listen to for advice on that? Am I going to listen to people on Twitter who day trade NFT, you know, board ape diagrams or JPEGs or whatever they're doing? Well, no, not that I don't think that they're smart, not that I don't respect them. They're just simply playing a different game than me. That's what we have to talk more about. There's too much information these days to pay attention to. 
you got to figure out what you're trying to get out of it and who is doing well there. Listen to them and understand that somebody else saying some other stuff might be right. They might be smart, but it ain't the right thing for you and you can confidently ignore it. Definitely a few sound bites I can play to clients with that, yeah. Especially yeah, the one about if you're going online, you do not need to target a whole country. Yeah. So many fit pros come and say, Dave, can you run out online ads for me? And I'm like, totally fine. Let's just do five to 10 kilometers of where you're based. Right. Because you could. But I'm an online trainer. What? Why don't I just target the United States? There's more people there than Britain. I think there's enough people in Britain <laughs> for you to get your 25 clients. Because like, <laughs> the easy way of explaining it to them. And again, it takes a while to kind of understand it, but it's like, if you're selling the higher priced online program and you're based 300 miles away from this person is, you've got to communicate via Zoom and build trust. Where if it's somebody down the road, you can go to the coffee shop, have a chat, build that relationship and sell them the same program yeah. a lot easier because they will know I can trust you because it's, they're there in front of you. I did a podcast a couple of days ago in person, which was a real joy, to be honest. And uh, Jeremy Scott, it was it was the longest, most in-depth interview I've done. It was about a two-hour uh, show. And one of the things that he said, which I told him that if I remember, I'd give him credit for, but I might not always remember. So Jeremy, I'm giving you credit this time, was he says what he tells, you know, he's not a business coach, but he's, he's a really smart business guy. And, uh, and he has a lot of young trainers who come work for him because he's built up a big brand over the years. And he said, uh, he says, one of the things that he tells young trainers all of the time is, have you ever bought anything from anybody who was marketing the way that you are marketing right now? And I think that that's a very good kind of, okay, let me think about this for a second. Why do I buy things from people? You know, we had a, we had a period last year where our company basically stopped making sales and it wasn't uncommon to us when, uh, that when Jim started opening back up in May and June. You know, we sold online training education. Everybody's happy to be back in the gym. They're not buying online training education, right? But it was good because it, it allowed me to take a step back. And I asked Allison, who's my wife, who's way smarter than me. And I just said, um, you know, why do you, why do you buy things? Why, like we talked about some of our recent purchases and stuff like that. And um, what is it? Like, what is it? What makes somebody want to buy something today? And what came out of that conversation, what comes out of everything is it's basically always you feel some sort of deeper connection to somebody, likely because there's something that you have in common with that person that is in almost every case totally unrelated to what it is that they're selling. You just feel a deep connection to them. Or there's a personal recommendation. What's the likelihood that you're going to have something that somebody can feel some sort of deeper connection with you about that's local versus somebody who's international and never met you. Somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who met you once, right? You shared a piece of content, like happens to me all the time. People share a piece of content and then they'll message me and be like, oh yeah, I shared this. And then I, you know, an old gym manager of mine, you know, I hadn't heard of you, but an old gym manager of mine messaged and said, oh, John, I've heard of that guy for a while. I love that guy. I read his book. Well, immediately now, because there's that connection. So to your example of a, of a coffee shop, we'll share about the things you're doing 
locally. Some of the best marketing you could ever do is tag the local establishments that you go to. So actually tag them as a location because then it shows up in the location and give some sort of an, an awareness or, you know, you, you had a cookie joint and talk about calories in the cookie and how you work that into your, your diet and how it's important to enjoy the good things. And then you're tagging the cookie joint and then the cookie joint is sharing your shit all over the place because you're there. And then other people who will go to that cookie joint, see you. Like it's, you know, what's, oh my God, I like this guy because he eats cookies at Jack's cookie shop. <laughs> like that's why people hire trainers. I mean, literally it's, it's that dumb. Nobody is going to hire you because you posted the same copycat freaking squat demonstration on Instagram with you know, you get, I'm sure you get asked this all the time. How do I fix my lighting? Who gives a shit? Yeah, I don't think my lighting. Although your very, lighting's good. I, yeah, I don't think it's very good here. <laughs> I mean, it's better than, I'm just in a co-working space. But, uh, but it's actually a good room to record in. It's the first time I've done this. But anyway, I mean, I'll get off my high horse. But I just I just think it's so important to just like, like what's important and think deeply to, to Jeremy's to Jeremy's question, which I think was such an apt one, is why and when, like, go through your last 10 purchases that may have surprised you. I'm not talking about going to the grocery store and getting eggs. What movies did you see? Why did you decide to see that movie? Out of all the movies in the world you could have you watched, why did you decide to see that one? You bought a new shirt, even though you have more than enough shirts. Why would you buy that shirt? Think about those questions and ask other people about those types of things too, because I think you'll, you'll be very surprised with the answers and, and you'll see that like, you know, if perhaps maybe you're not having the easiest time selling what you're selling, um, would you ever buy anything to somebody marketing to you that way? Uh, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I think it's a good question to ask. No, it's a solid question to ask. I'm just thinking about it now. Most of the things I've purchased recently, movies I've been to see recently, were either from recommendations or the actor in it, which I like the actor. I'm watching their new movie because mm -hmm. of the actor, not because of the movie. So it's super powerful. Holly, for example, my partner, she watches a lot of vlogs. And these people are talking about items of clothing from certain oh God, shops. Talk to me about that. Why would anybody watch a vlog? <laughs> what does she enjoy? First of all, I, I'm fascinated by the art of vlogging because I cannot think in, of a more miserable way to live your life than to feel like you need to vlog it. I actually can't think of anything that would be more miserable to me than having to film my day and turn it into a vlog. But that's just a personal, like how I want to live my life thing. I don't care if I'm going to do worse in business because of it. I'm just straight up not willing to... Walk around with the camera, day. like you see guys like going for jogs, you know, with their with their camera and like talking to it. It's like I just nah, man. But what? Why? Why does she watch it? And when does she watch it? When do you have time to watch a vlog? Like answer the. I don't. I I want to know the answers to these questions because I I'm not judgmental. I'm just I literally don't know. I don't I don't understand it. But I know that they're super popular. 
Yeah, it's quite an interesting one. So, like, take we were watching a vlog the other day of a guy who'd uh, purchased the cheapest place to ski in Europe. Okay. Now, to me, that's quite interesting because he's going to ski, something I'd like to do. He's also recommending a very cheap place to go, talking about things that he can do in the area, how he got there, how he traveled. So it's giving you all that information. And the first thing I did then was Googled whereabouts in Poland it was, how to look, how cheap it was, how to get there, and how quickly I potentially could go skiing to this, the cheapest place to ski in Europe. I hate you Europeans. <laughs> Us, like in Canada, it's like, oh, where's the closest place that I could go to to do this? It's like, oh, it's six hours away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could probably get there in about two hours in a flight. Yeah. yeah. But these, these are the, like, like you say, again, it comes back to that personal recommendation. It's somebody who I've built a connection with. He has no idea who I am. Yeah, who is this I've guy? Uh, his name is Ben. It's some guy from London who kind of films himself doing some. But is this a guy stuff. that you were following beforehand, or is this just no, like you, you googled like where to go ski? Just it's just the typical YouTube recommendations. Right. My so YouTube for Ben, so is... for Ben, Ben is completely fucking irrelevant to you. Yeah. So all you were is one view on a YouTube video to him, which basically means you're worth less than a piece of sand caught between his fingernails. So why would Ben do it? The vlogs and everything. Like, like, does it like, do you feel like, Oh my God, I need to like follow Ben and like take his advice. Or are you just like, Oh, this was like a good topic that this random dude on YouTube hit one time. So that's my question. That's what it would be. It would be those, those interesting places that people are visiting or these interesting things that they are doing. And this is what I would want to try and see if I could potentially do it or places we could open up. Whereas Holly mm-hmm. is watching this particular vlogger because her partner is a Premier League footballer and she can mm-hmm. buy all these amazing clothes. Huh. And then she's getting some fashion advice and different tips and stuff on type of clothes that people of that certain stature are wearing and what they're shopping and the type of stuff that they're doing. So it, like you say, it's more of an interesting, but at the same time, it's the recommendation element of it as well. They're recommending things. So for the vlogger, they're making their money through affiliates and people actually wanting to see what they get up to and how they live their life and why they do. Well, it's just a status thing. I mean, this woman who's the, who's the wife of a famous footballer, I might knowing what I know about how much footballers make, you know, like she ain't doing it for some clothing company giving her a couple thousand bucks to talk about their, you know, their clothing line. Um, even a lot of thousand bucks. Like that's not why she's doing it. It's it's status, right? For her, it's it's ego, it's status. Uh, which is which is, I mean, sex and status are the two biggest motivators. So I, you know, that's, yeah, yeah. But that then comes back to what you were talking about earlier about your personal brand. So right. she's building her personal brand as this type of person. You're building it away from PTD. So yeah. you can become yourself and you've got your plan and it'll be the same. And this is what most, like you said, it's that most fit pros need to work on rather right. than talking about their business and they help clients all around the world, try and be a little bit more local, connect with local people, build that relationship quickly. And from that, you will, you will gain clients a lot quicker. So let me ask you this, David. Um, we're still talking about Holly, so you could you could you could put words in your in your partner's mouth. Um, if this wife of the footballer, if if she were to come out with a book 
or do a live speaking event somewhere about self-development, let's say, or some, some generic, like, you know, something away from, look at this dress that I got, right? Would Holly have any interest in any way, shape, or form of engaging with this person on a deeper, perhaps uh, more valuable level than buying something that she might have referred because just because basically this person just aggregated it for her. That's an interesting one. Definitely the book, depending on what the book is about, if it was her recommendations on places to eat and travel to and all that type of stuff, it would mm -hmm. be of interest to her because again, it okay. comes back to personal recommendations of things that this person's experienced and then Hollywood want to know this stuff. If it was a, a Q and A to talk about my life and how great right. it is to live in a mansion and drive these fast cars and stuff, it probably wouldn't be the same interest to go and actually listen to her publicly speak mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. So it sounds like it sounds like then what Holly is getting out of this interaction. This is just me being curious. Like I, like, yeah. you know, I'm I'm trying to figure this out because I don't really know anybody in my life that really watches vlogs. My wife is just so Allison's so into arts and crafts and stuff like that that she's she, she's not interested in buying anybody else's craft. She just wants to learn how to make everything. So she'll watch all these tutorial videos, but she doesn't care about she's never subscribed to a YouTube channel. She doesn't care about who it's from. It's just she wants to make this thing and she Googles it and finds a video that's a tutorial and she watches it and makes it. So it sounds to me that then Holly has identified that her tastes align with this woman's. There is one more connection which I forgot to mention. Okay. They both come from Southampton. Okay. Which so they're so they're massive, from the same place. Exactly. Originally. So that's where the connection kind of comes from initially, I would presume. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And she's just she's just identified that her tastes align. Yeah. Yeah, which are, which is which is powerful. And so recommendations for anything then, even stuff that's tangentially related would be valuable so if this woman were to come out with her own clothing line for example or her own line of restaurants holly might line up to check it out and this brings it all back to what you were talking about earlier is that personal brand connecting uh -huh. with people in some way or form that they can resonate to right yeah interesting thanks for sharing that that's okay. So let's talk about the actual time you've spent then. So you've been connecting with all these other people, commenting, interacting on Instagram and stuff. And you get some people saying, do you just want to spend a couple of hours on Instagram? And the other people are saying, you, you want to try and minimize your amount of time you're spending on social media. Where, where did you kind of fit in this to be able to connect, interact, engage with all these people? Uh, can you explain the question a bit more? So, like, if someone was getting started on Instagram or they've got a reasonable following now and they're wanting to interact and engage and yeah. just generally get themselves out there a lot more on Instagram, you've why? obviously grown very quickly, 20,000 plus. I'd ask just... why. Because you have, you have no idea what actions to take until you know why. You know, I could get a lot more eyeballs really quickly. I know exactly what messages to put out that get shared. I mean, I can show you my stats. I could put out a message and get it shared five, 10,000 times. It's not hard to do. But why? 
what's the value? And so you got to know what you're trying to get out of it. I'm trying to build a really deep community of certain types of people who work in the fitness industry Hmm. or are interested in potentially working in the fitness industry. Well, in absolute terms, that number is going to be smaller. I mean, it's still a big number, but it's going to be smaller. The result, though, is that I could put out a message or I could put out a product and I know exactly what the problems are that these people have and I can build the solution and have it be really appealing versus these big, you know, kind of empty followings. And the only thing that can be sold to these followings is basically low priced items sold on fear and emotion. We're talking supplements, really, really cheap workout subscriptions that's adherence rates are like below 5%, usually below 2%. And maybe some, you know, maybe some company is going to give you a couple bucks to wear their crop shirts or whatever to, you know, blink them. I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing really of substance there, if that makes sense. And so the numbers are big and they look impressive. But you, you, you're basically just a billboard. And so I would ask what the real goals are and, and continually keep that in mind because it's very, very easy to get away from a plan to deviate from a plan. Um, you know, every time that I log into, say, Instagram, I see the number of my following. They're very good at making it addictive to followers. I'm like, oh, I need to get that up. I need to get that up. I'm like, well, no, I don't actually. Because for my goals, bro, I got enough people there, right? So let's go deeper with them. And so what I do now is, I mean, every once in a while, I'll put posts up that that's goals to get eyeballs. Basically, general fitness posts that are going to appeal to people who are genuinely interested in fitness that are largely unbranded. Those are just purely designed to pull in new followers. There's just nothing more to it. I mean, the messages I align with, they align with my philosophy. They're what I believe. I'm not going to bullshit anything like that, but they're not deeper to go with my people. And then I'll put up maybe much more industry-specific things that I know are not going to get shared. I mean, I put up a post. I'm like, this is going to get shared 5,000 times. I put up another post. I'm like, this is going to get shared 20. The goal is not that. The goal is to go deeper. Doing a lot more Q&As doing a lot of uh, message conversations with people. And these are not DM sales. These are just message. For example, one guy, uh, I don't even remember, how did he start the conversation? Uh, this, this is actually a good example of, of your question. Um, Matt is his name. And um, he shared a post of mine. So just randomly. So he shared a post of mine, right? I didn't even get notified, but I saw that he shared it because you can look at the story he shares. And I think that's like the best way to engage with people is like, look at somebody already sharing your stuff and say, thank you. So I said, thank you. He said, appreciate your, he said, he said, uh, appreciate your sharing your knowledge for us aspiring fitness pros. So instead of me saying, oh, thank you. And then like ending it, I said, of course. And then what stage of your career are you at? right? Like you're an aspiring fitness pro. Cool. 
Well, my entire business is dedicated to taking care of aspiring and new fitness pros and helping them move. So I'm sure that I have something that I can help this person with. So then he writes, you know, deeper. Well, I can't really show you because it's like blinded up by the light. But then he like gives me a lot more detail about what he is. And he basically said, you know, he's training for, he, he said a whole bunch of stuff about how he's running and, and aspiring the gym. But then he said, I'm currently training for a marathon. So time is scarce. Uh, so I responded, you know, marathon training is no joke, whatever. Then I asked him like, well, people who run a long time, I'm not going to offer this guy a book because he's training for a marathon. He doesn't have, he's not reading books, but he probably listens to audiobooks or podcasts. So I asked him, do you listen to audiobooks or music or anything when you run? I don't, but I'll listen to podcasts when I strength train. I said, cool. Well, I was going to offer you the audio from one of my books. Are you interested? Oh yeah, absolutely. And then I sent him the Dropbox with the free, I mean, you could buy the audio of my books on, on, on Amazon, on Audible. But I just sent him the Dropbox of one of my books that, of the audio that I thought would really, uh, would really help him at this stage because he's an aspiring fit pro and some of the S that he said. So I, you know, chose that thing. That's, that's what I'm doing behind the scenes. Mm. Right now, this person probably in the next week is going to have me in his ear for three hours talking to him. That's why the substance matters so much more than the number. I mean, I'll take one of these guys before 500 of somebody who just likes a picture of me, you know, cause I have a big pecs or whatever. I mean, I don't, but you know, what's the value? What are you trying to do? I guess is the question. And that in that last five minutes, guys, is an Instagram posting how to use Instagram strategy there. It's not about posting tons and tons and tons of stuff for the sake of posting. It's about being strategic. Like you say, you post certain stuff to get a load of eyeballs and to get loads of followers and you post some other stuff that's a lot deeper, a lot closer to what you believe. So you get less shares, but it builds that stronger bond. And then it's the way you're connecting away from the actual posting that people don't actually see the much deeper parts. And taking so, yeah. their lead. And taking their lead, right? What's his lead? Well, he told me that he was an aspiring fitness pro. And just like genuinely giving a shit and listening to people. He told me he was an aspiring fitness pro. Cool. What stage are you at? Well, now, now I've had four or five messages back and forth. So now he's writing me more detail. Now he's telling me more about himself. Well, he told me that he runs a lot. Well, cool. People who run a lot, I know, often listen to things when they run. How do they choose what to listen to? Again, going back to why do people buy? Somebody makes a recommendation. Or it just happens to be there. If you're running three hours a day, you don't want to think about in your other spare minutes because you don't have hours. You don't want to think about like deciding between what to listen to. You're going to do what's there. You're going to pop that on. And if it sucks, you'll turn it off. But you're going to listen to what's there. The potential downside to Netflix, having too much options that like you spend ages sliding away through. I hate Netflix. I hate it. I hate it. It's, it is choice overload to the max, man. It, you just... 
I love Netflix if I go in there, no, that if somebody has recommend, somebody that I trust, going to your point with, with Holly, if somebody that I trust, whether I know them or whether they're, you know, somebody who I just influential or whatever that I listen to, and I've, and I've identified that I share, you know, some sort of, uh, I, I, I share an opinion or, or, or we like the same things. If they recommend something that's on Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever, any one of those, and I go in specifically to go watch that thing, I really like it. I hate just logging on to Netflix to choose something to watch. I hate it. It's a miserable experience. Because even if you, no matter what you choose, unless it's remarkable, which it often isn't, it's just good enough, then you're always thinking, oh shit, I should have chosen that other thing. Yeah. Or you're sitting there for 20 minutes flipping through when you want to be relaxing with your, you know, loved one snuggling on the couch or whatever, like watching something, you're like flipping through all these things trying to figure i guess it's just not it's not fun man anyway i don't like netflix that's okay i just I, this is the second time we've done and we've done this guest interview with you and usually when people come on it's straight to the point talk about the talk about the topic and then move on with you no i don't do that all <laughs> kinds of different directions <laughs> netflix is an awful experience and 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 it has a lot of good you know again for marketing like don't give somebody a ton of choice without having built any kind of a relationship with them beforehand. Referrals are always better. Being somebody's trusted recommendation engine is always better. Or else if you happen to be Netflix and big enough that people are just going to flip on and say, well, I'm sure I'll find something that's okay. Hey, my guess is you're not. Hmm. I'm not. But if you happen to be that, it's still not a good experience. So how can you make it really easy instead of saying to this person um hey man uh yeah i'd love for you to have one of my books as an audiobook to listen to here why don't you go here and tell me which one you like yeah no i asked him a few questions i learned enough about him not a lot i mean maybe it wasn't the best book but i learned enough about him and i said here's one here are the files you just make the easy thing to just make it easy. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So anybody that is watching this now who's like, wow, I didn't know didn't know Jonathan knew all this stuff or I want to know more about what Jonathan's talking about. How can people reach out or learn a little bit more about you? It's in my little name thingy there. I'm pointing at the screen. <laughs> and that's that's the one Here. on Instagram and Facebook. Can you see that? I can see it now. It looks Hell good. Hell yeah, look at that. Uh, that's, that's Instagram. That's the best place right now. Um, at it's coach Goodman, because I'm just, uh, a late adopter on everything. And so all of the good Instagram names were gone by the time that I chose <laughs> that one, because I've just, the reason that I've been doing this for 10 years is I don't chase spikes. I don't chase algorithms. I think about what I'm going to do. I make a plan for what I'm going to do and I miss out on the short term, but I'm always, I've always been able to win long-term. And um, and so, you know, my really shitty Instagram handle is, I think, a testament to that, that I don't have a good one because I didn't jump on the Instagram trend. And so now I'm forced to <laughs> have a long, cumbersome one as a result. 
Anyway, I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm guessing we'll probably have you on later in the year or maybe at the start of next year again. And for anybody that is interested in getting better at social media, try not to copy everybody else and try and be more you. I guess would be the final word there. There you go. Nailed it. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Okay, so that was Jonathan Goodman giving us an insight into his Instagram strategies and how he's managed to grow his Instagram to a large volume. As usual, he kind of dives into a few different outside-of-the-box topics too, but always a great interview. Anyway, the rest of this week, it's all about content creation. So stick around for this week, and now tomorrow we dive into five more tips. I'll speak to you all then. Cheers.